It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss the 1971 film, The Big Boss. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and affiliated to the start of this, I don't know what we're going to call it just yet, but this big, I guess, mythification martial artist uh, Year of the Dragon uh, retrospective. Boy, that's a mouthful. We'll, we'll put in the... the uh, yeah, might as well just call it Year of the Dragon. <laughs> there you go. The Year of the Dragon, looking at... Not every person was born in the Year of the Dragon, of course, starting off with this you know fellow in particular. And today we're going to have a discussion, uh, not a commentary, of uh, The Big Boss. This was released in 1971. The Big Boss, yeah, the big debut or re-debut for the... The feature film uh, megastar Bruce Lee, and I, I don't think that they expected this to be the the hit that it was. But yeah, it, almost immediately when watching it, you can feel like, oh, this is a major movie star coming into his own. And I'm curious for you, Isaac. Uh, you know, you wanted to start this series. Are you a big Bruce Lee fan? Or is is this someone who you return to very often, or have you seen all these flicks on our our five movie list here? I have. No, this time I'm coming in with, like, you know, knowledge prior. It's been a while since I have watched them. I have always wanted to go back to them. So given that it is the Year of the Dragon this year, I was like, why not? Like, I might as well because, man, I, when I when I finished watching this, I was, I was really into it. I was like, oh, man, I wish I had, like, you know. Well, I didn't feel as rushed to finish it. I really was, like, enjoying myself with this. I was having a lot of fun uh, with the big boss. And yeah, I guess with my, uh, so yeah, we'll give our, our backgrounds with this. So, you know, I've been a martial arts fan uh, or, or a fan of martial arts for a long time. And I think I see the raid first before any of Bruce Lee's films, mostly again, because I guess you could just find them online illegally, but you know, I didn't want to do that. Cause I was like, I can't do that. It's morally reprehensible. Obviously nowadays <laughs> I will admit I do that. Um, but what I was really looking forward to was, um, I think it was in 2010, I have it right here, uh, it's the uh, Shout Factory Limited Edition Bruce Lee The Legacy Collection. Mm. Oh, you picked that one up, eh? That, that, was, that was a cool one. This was hard to find, by the way. This was really hard to find. I think there was, there was one out in the HMV, now obviously, you know, just... Uh, Dissolved, excuse me. Uh, I think there was one of these out in the HMV on Davy Street or somewhere in around there. Jeez, uh, back in like 2015 or something like that. But I was able to find this one, I believe, in Amazon. Like one of the last ones, just like my Iron Giant special edition. And this is before the Criterion, by the way. I 
want to get greedy and buy the Criterion as well, even though it's the exact same thing. But it's just like I love that art, or the cover art for the Criterion. So I'm just like, ah, oh, I really want to you know, get that. But yeah, I was, I was, I knew of the Bruce Lee films, but I never could find them because uh, you know any any kid or you know teenager knows about him, and so I'm like, ah, oh, I, I really want to like you know hear about this and, and see it, but. Um, yeah, this uh, this thing has seen better days. I have not exactly been treating uh, this nicely. It's it's kind of falling apart, but it doesn't matter to me. I can accept you know it being beaten up uh, like me sometimes. So, I, I, will I say that Bruce Lee inspired me to become a martial artist? I think not fully, but definitely there's a lot of like martial arts films that were making me leading me to that path of martial arts, and then I end up being an MMA fighter, which is a lot different. But I have appreciation for the spectacle of martial arts. I turn it to you now caleb what's your history uh with uh, some bruce lee films uh, my history of bruce lee of course this is one of those iconic uh martial art uh masters as it were one of the ones that it's like oh if you're getting into martial arts films yeah it's kind of a rite of passage to see at least one of his pictures and i believe the first one that i saw was enter the dragon just on television uh i didn't see it all the way through but from what i did see maybe the last 45 minutes or so oh boy i was like okay i want to see this guy's work i want to see uh this movie all the way through and it also was one of those situations where i was like oh i'm seeing like a glimpse of black exploitation this thing that i always kind of heard about i know that there's martial arts influences uh and i'm I, i'm curious to to check out some of that uh, i can't remember the name of that that guy in it i know he went later went on to be in black belt jones but um do you, do you remember the name of the yeah I, uh, actually hang on a second let me see yeah keep talking i can look for him right now yeah so in that way the movie served as a bridge not only to checking out more uh, martial arts films in general which i'd gotten into at a young age through jackie chan actually seeing a lot of his stuff on television um but it made me more and more fascinated to get into black exploitation as well so i thank that to uh enter the dragon uh, but when it comes to checking out The Big Boss, that didn't happen until about four years ago, maybe about that, uh, when I found this DVD set from uh, a studio that no longer really exists, 20th Century Fox, put out this Bruce Lee Ultimate Collection uh, set. And when I first picked it up, I was like, is this is this set going to be in um, either uh, Chinese or, or I'm Cantonese or Mandarin? Because it... Uh, only says Bruce Lee Ultimate Collection in English, and the rest of it's all um, yeah, a script that I can't read. <laughs> but I pulled out the discs, and they all had they all said English, so I was like, okay, I guess I'll buy this. And it's not a particularly well-restored set, um, even though it does say restored on it. And so I'm sure your, your uh, Blu-ray looks considerably better. I wish I could have seen it in that quality. Uh, but I discovered today, when I was trying to rent it in an HD copy, that it doesn't seem like this is really available online anywhere uh, to rent. So I was uh, definitely disappointed by that. And maybe a bad time for us to put out this uh, review, too, because maybe some folks who haven't already seen this are maybe going to have a hard time tracking down a copy to watch. But it, I would say spoilers. Definitely, if you can track down a copy, yeah, watch this flick if you get the chance. Uh, maybe before this review, even. Because it is definitely uh, worth your time. I think his name was Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, that's right. Yeah. There you go. Is this, yeah, is this in individual blu-rays because i know enter the dragon is of course but 
because uh, obviously I have this in like the you know, Shout Factory collection, and there's the uh, Criterion collection. But yeah, is this readily available for those who just want to purchase it uh, as its own? I I don't know. Like I said, you can't rent it online, can't buy it individually online, and yeah, I don't know if they put out individual discs. So yeah, it, it, you may have a rough time <laughs> keeping up with this series with ours if you yeah, don't already own these. But if if you can still buy the Blu-rays, if they're still in print or DVDs, I would definitely recommend picking them up quick. And yeah, because because these are some worthwhile uh, martial arts flicks. Check out. It does not look like. Yep. No, I guess I can confirm it now. Not that it matters, but it does not look like uh, the big boss. And I'm going at just with this one. Maybe I'll go with the other ones. I'll probably forget it by that point. But it does not look like the big boss is available on the Microsoft Store. Yeah, yeah, I checked there too, and just about everywhere else, because I didn't want to resign myself to this uh, inferior uh, standard def. And it's it's not even that bad. It's it's okay. It's just I wanted proper HD for this this viewing. Um, but I guess jumping more uh, away from yeah the formats into the the film itself, uh, even more so. I'm sure your copy was more direct with this, but I was kind of annoyed because when I first started the disc it automatically went to English and I got this really cool really hopping 70s uh, theme to the the opening and once I started talking I was like oh crap I'll switch over to the the Cantonese version and so that started playing and I got a very different score this this somber kind of uh, like downbeat like we were about to go into a more serious kind of drama and I was like, oh, like, okay. Like, I, oh, I didn't realize that they had different scores for the American and that the Cantonese version makes sense, I guess. You would see that sometimes with English imports of, of foreign films. But as the Cantonese ones started going, I was like, hey, wait a minute. The sound is weird. The, this doesn't match up with the lips. Is this also a dub? And so I had to go to the internet and look it up. And it turned out that this was originally done in Mandarin. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch the Mandarin version. Once again, got a different <laughs> opening theme again. And I was like, oh my goodness, every time I start this, it's different music. And it turned out to be all for naught because this movie was shot without sound. And so even with the original language version, it was still dubbed. <laughs> so I went through all of that for for nothing. Yeah, I'll probably bring this up in the other ones if I can remember it. But I'll literally show you, I don't, again, I don't know what Criterion has on theirs. I don't know if it's a transfer of this or if they you know, created their own. I ho- I'd hope it is their own version and they have their whole like you know format and what because just to just differentiate the two um because i like this version and i would love to see what criterion has for their format and setup but anyway so they have the audio set so there's the original mandarin mono mandarin dts hd master audio 5.1 english mm. dts mono us dub english dts hd master audio 5.1 cantonese mono rare original english dub never heard before Okay, so interesting. Yeah, I, I was watching the original Mandarin Mono, and again, yeah, it definitely for me, it, it was. I'm not gonna say it was a shock, but definitely like you know when I heard Bruce Lee, I know what he sounds like. I know uh, the way he speaks, and I definitely could tell that listening to the Mandarin version, I was like, that does not sound like him in Mandarin. Um, <laughs> you can tell if some when somebody's bilingual or trilingual in this case, I guess or however many languages you can speak, uh, they have a... You could hear, like, the... I guess their voice in whatever language it is. 
So, mm-hmm. like, you know, Chow Young Fat, for instance, you can hear, like, you know, if you watch him in The Killer or in Hard Boiled and then you hear him talk in English, it's like, okay, you can sort of hear uh, a similar, like, you know, tone of his voice and, you know, his, um, how his voice sounds in both. Whereas in, uh, if that is, was him dubbed, excuse me, in, or if it wasn't him dubbed in uh, The Killer and uh, Hard Boiled, but yeah, this one, it was definitely a little hard. It's like, yeah, it doesn't exactly sound like him. Especially those yells as well. So I'd have to. I don't know which one is actually Bruce Lee, if if it's ever him at all. But I also want to bring up a point as well that uh, I don't know if in your version had this, uh, depending on the English dub. But this was uh, also re or renamed, excuse me, in the United States. Yeah, to Fists of Fury. This one did open up with that. It it, it put in like subtitles, uh, AKA Fists of Fury, and. Yeah, we'll probably discuss that next time with some of the stupid confusions with the U.S. distributors and the way that they title the names. Yeah. You know, boy, that's that's pretty funny. Um, I'm going to do a quick synopsis, if you don't mind, uh, just of the movie itself, because, I mean, why not? We probably I, I probably should at least give some context as to what's happening with this if uh, those aren't in the, those who are not in the know. Sure. Uh, so we basically uh, start off... Uh, with Bruce Lee's character, I forgot his name fully, sorry. Zhang, uh, not something, I believe. And, yeah, he's, he's uh, I guess, from the mainland, or he's, from, you know, from the big city. And his uncle wants him to, goes into, uh, what, what is it, what, what, what part of the city? It, but it's, in, it's out in Thailand. And he wants him to, you know, work with uh, a bunch of other friends and, I guess, you know, associates he's known for. And just, you know, to not not get into fights because you know, he made a promise to his mother with a necklace saying that he would not fight because i guess yeah he was a troublemaker and of course what happens that doesn't matter like you know as soon as he gets off the boat there's already you know one of his uncle's associates is getting into a fight just to uh, stand up for somebody of course in the, in the right way but yeah there's throughout the film it basically is like a test of this guy's character to not fight and gets involved in a heroin not he gets involved but yeah it turns out he gets involved in a heroin opera smuggling operation and ends in a really like awesome fight and uh ends in a way that i was not expecting the first time around so mm. uh let's let's start this off caleb what's yeah uh, i mean maybe this is a little bit i wasn't preparing for this but what's your best thing about the film the best thing about the film um Oh yeah, I wasn't prepared for this either. It's it's difficult to find a best thing for me right off the bat, because um, I'll say in terms of what I've seen from other Bruce Lee martial arts films, maybe some of the choreography wasn't the strongest here. Maybe they this director didn't necessarily know how to accent his strengths as a martial artist in the way that we'll later get. So I wouldn't necessarily say that was the best thing. Maybe just overall, I. I don't know. I'll switch it over to you. What, what's your best thing first? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, my best thing is how, I, I don't know if down to earth it is, but how reserved it is. How mm. very like reserved of this, like, and, and maybe this isn't fair to what comes afterwards, but even as a uh, film itself uh, with this character who would appear to, I, I'm not saying he's a hothead, um, 
but definitely there's there's a lot more on the surface than he's giving in the first like you know because it's like almost an hour or so before he actually like fights somebody yeah. like, sure he's in the beginning he's punching like he you know his his friend throws like two goons at him and then he punches him that's not the same thing that's not what i'm talking about of course because i love the fact that he always brings out that jade pendant that's such a good detail of like reserving yeah. him keeping him <laughs> from you know starting off i don't want to give too much away with that already but i i just love how reserved this movie is when it comes to martial arts and how it takes its time I will say maybe my worst thing is I guess the, the the bit later on, it probably makes sense. I think it does, but the bit later on with like you know when he goes to see the working woman, um, nothing on her of course, but just like I feel like it meanders a bit. Uh, but I think there's a reason for that. Um, other than that, no, I think I as of now I can't really think of too much of a, a strong negative to this. Other than maybe like yeah, you could have developed a little bit more characters, but uh, a lot of good setups in this. But yeah, any got any like you know best thing worst thing? Yeah, for for my worst thing, it definitely is the pacing. I feel like this thing could have easily shaved off and been around ninety minutes, maybe even like uh, eighty eight minutes. It, it, I feel like there was some, yeah, just some stuff in there that didn't necessarily need to be there every now and again. Maybe we'll go into some of it as we go along. Um, but yeah, that was one of the reasons I was having such a hard time finding just a singular best thing is because i just really enjoy the the overall setting and, and the overall just dynamics with this i couldn't tell if it was like a blood relation family that our lead finds himself wrapped up into or just like almost like in a way like a, a big family group that maybe isn't all blood related but they just they've decided that this is going to be their their leader this uh shoe he's going to be kind of the the patriarchal figure and all these men kind of trust and rely on him and whatever situation is going on there, I just find it all very charming. And I just enjoy being along the ride with them. And it's kind of hard to say that as the best thing, because it's just, like, I don't know. In a way, it almost sounds nebulous. But I think that was the thing that I liked the most about it, was just the relationship between the, that big group of characters. Yeah, I agree. There, there was a lot of sincerity with that. And as a person who kind of has it as well, because, you know, I often will, every now and then, speak of, like, oh, my cousin or whatnot. I have a very big, when I say extended family, like non-related extended family. Like I have many, like, you know, people I call cousins, aunts, uncles, um, because that was just, you know, how my parents taught me to see them as. So I surprisingly relate to a lot of this kind of stuff in different cultures when they call them like aunt, uncle, uh, or cousins when they're not even, you know, blood related, related, just by close family like close familial bonds or close friendship bonds where it's just like no i just see you as my like cousin or or uh, as family yeah and this seems like a natural bridge to bring up one of the the things that i wrote down in my notes that i thought was a curiosity here uh, just for me as someone who grew up watching uh, charlie chan mysteries as a kid i always wondered and i didn't know if it was racist that charlie chan would call his kids by their numbers he wouldn't say their names most of the time occasionally we would get named ones mostly it was just number two son do this oh number three daughter uh don't do this and it was kind of like like uh like uh, why doesn't he just call his kids by their names why are we giving the numbers and when we get our when we get introduced with bruce lee and this uncle and they come to the family and everyone's like oh third uncle third uncle come have dinner with us third uncle do this oh third uncle we don't want you to go and i was like oh wait a minute was was charlie chan was this was this actually a part of Chinese culture that I just didn't understand or know about and so I had a I was almost going to go down a little like uh, 
research well, but I, I just decided to just watch the movie instead. <laughs> oh, but. No, as as far as I'm aware, uh, just as from an outsider perspective, and hopefully this is not uh, insensitive or whatnot, but yeah, when it comes to somebody being called like uncle or grandfather um, or something like that, it's generally like just a title. And so it never... But but because they're so familiar, familiar, excuse me, and or they're so close to like maybe a culture and or like you know a village, uh, or you know a, a group of people in a town or something like that, and they're well known, they will go by like uncle or aunt, and I think that's a wonderful thing. Well, yeah, I know that part. It was it was the number the the, the third the specific focus on the fact that they would address him using the the sequence that he was in. That's the part that I was like, oh, that I've. The only other place that I've ever seen that is Charlie Chan. And I thought that that was some sort of, like, maybe racist joke. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe that was... I don't know. I Now I'm, now I'm confused. <laughs> I see, yeah. Because, like, in, yeah, Uncle... I remember that. Uncle, in the beginning... Uh, or what is it? Yeah, one of them, like, you know, label... Or not labels, but, you know, gives off all the names of the people inside the... In the or all the other, you know, family inside the house. And you kind of see, like, you know... The, the, I feel like that was a gag. Oh no! I wanted to believe that was just a gag. Now I'm confused. When you're watching the movie, do they do they always address that uncle as third uncle? Maybe we have different subtitling. Uh, yeah, I think I saw it's them say third uncle. That that's specifically what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, uh yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Okay, well yeah, now I feel like this whole part of the the, the conversation, I feel like there was just lost in translation. I guess you haven't seen any Charlie Chan, but do you remember in uh, Murder by Death? How Chai Chan, the, the stand-in, would always call his son, number two son, in that? Yes, of course. Yes, th- that's what I was saying, that I just always thought that that was some sort of, like, maybe racist joke that they were doing. In those. Well, again, maybe maybe in in uh, Mandarin, it's different. When I say different, it, like, it's not as offensive as we would see it in English as it's translated. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't even know if I'd say offensive. Maybe, maybe it's just a different cultural thing. Where the sequence maybe has some sort of different importance, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm spending too much time on something that neither one of us have any insight to, and yeah, risk maybe getting insensitive in some way. I don't know. <laughs> of course, apologies if we have, or at least trying to offer up our thoughts on that. But yeah, I was just surprised. It's definitely nothing that you would you would never really you know see that here in all, our culture. So it it stood out in both of those those things, and these are the only places that I've seen it. So. Yeah, curious. Um, but I did like the uncle. He was, uh, you know, I guess he was from a, a smaller kind of village and bringing in our our lead character, which I think was Chao An Chian, Chian, Zhao and Yon, I think. Or no, I saw it earlier, but yeah, I forgot. I wrote it down, but I I'm not as familiar. I'm, I'm I've been able to pick up when watching Japanese things how to say names there. A lot more. I just because I'm not as familiar with the uh, Hong Kong cinema, I guess you could say, or Chinese cinema. I'm not as familiar with how they pronounce things. So f- forgive us for these uh, five films <laughs> with some of that. I just need to see it in front of me, and then I kind of got it. By the way, the town they shot in was called uh, Pak Kong or Chong, excuse me. Yeah, even the brother, his name is uh, spelt like H S U, and I had to look that up, and I'm it's pronounced like G or Zhu, excuse me. Yeah, like, yeah, almost like shoe, but yeah, like a soft um, J for us. Yeah, it's 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 not exact. 
But, um, no, yeah, it's like, uh, if you remember Judy from La- The Last Airbender, I think her name starts with an X. Or her, I guess, uh, first or formal name, I guess, is, is X. Hmm. Yeah, but for, definitely forgive us if we, there's some cultural stuff that we maybe don't understand. I don't think either of us are as familiar with, um, yeah, Chinese cinema. We've spent a lot of time this year watching a lot of Japanese cinema. Uh, but, yeah, I, we probably go, both could use a lot more education with this this stuff. <laughs> of course. Um, but, yeah, I guess moving into the, some more of the uh, the plot stuff, I did like the kind of low-level introduction to this crime uh, syndicate, in a way, with just all these workers. Because that's why Bruce Lee's coming to this town. There's no work in his little village. And so he's come to work with some of his relatives at this this ice factory. And hidden in the ice, we discover, is uh, yeah, some, some illicit substances, some drugs. And I did like early on when we see two of his uh, familial group. Uh, Bruce Lee, once he starts on the job, he's kind of showing off. He's like, oh, you know, let me show you how it's done pushing this, this ice down its track. Let me show you some of my strength. And he ends up breaking the track and it cracks the ice. And two of the little uh, the cousins get to uh, discover the drugs. I did like that the, the the manager is nice enough to be like, okay, guys, here, you know, you discovered this? Oh, let me explain. Oh, it's a hard economy. We can't just get by making ice. You know, what's that? So here's two grand. Why do you get cut in and why don't you join our group? And I like that that's kind of their mantra all along. And they even try to do it with our lead, too. It's like they're not out to just kill folks. They're just like, oh, if... if you know, if, if we, we got to let you in, we're happy to let you in. I kind of like that. Yeah, a lot different, but that definitely is uh, bites them in the rear later on because it's the folly of their whole operation there because, yeah, well, let's just say this 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 is all about family and they're they're very loyal. Yeah, very loyal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way more. This makes this way, like, makes Dom look, you know, like he doesn't believe in family at all. And I did find it weird, too, and I was like, is this familial group, are they the only ones who work at the ice factory? Because when they go on strike later, it's not like there's any guy who like raises his hand like, hey, I'm not with these guys, I'm happy to work. They're all like, if Brother Sue isn't here, then we're all going to uh, beat the hell out of you guys <laughs> until we get them. Because, uh, yeah, uh, one of the central characters, like I mentioned, this uh, patriarchal figure played by James uh, Tien. Uh, we'll see him again in uh, my... I can't remember which one he was in, but I know he pops up in another one of these movies. He's kind of the main fighter that we see early on. Bruce Lee's always staying in the back, like you mentioned with that amulet. And so we keep getting this guy just being just a badass and kind of a protector of the town. We see, like, little kids getting bullied, and he'll show up and be like, hey, stop bullying that kid. And he, he he's a pretty damn good fighter in this, I think. Darn straight. Yeah, no, he's... I like yeah, I like how his style is different than Bruce Lee's. Yeah, it's like a, a precursor almost. And then like once you know he finally shows up, or at least when he finally cuffs her finally off. Yeah, it's uh, very different style. Yeah, with this early guy, it's almost got this kind of like uh, like he's just a protector. He's not there to enjoy the fight. But once Bruce Lee, once you see him get set free, he gets this expression of like almost like a like a playful predator. It was making me think a little bit of. Um, Oh, what's his name? The Viper. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. <laughs> Randy Orton? Randy Orton. Randy Orton can have that, you know, just this, yeah, sneaky predator kind of look, but also enjoying the fact that that's who he is. And it was making me actually wonder if Orton was taking some of that from Bruce Lee. I think there's a lot of, there's so many, like, you know, 
professional uh, wrestlers and maybe personalities or what and many video games that have also you know taken inspiration from this guy but yeah definitely the well, well, that's a recurring motif we will see when it comes to the bloodshed uh, of Bruce Lee when he when he gets blood on him and he you know tastes the blood and especially when he <laughs> wears his white his white shirt gets destroyed and gets blood soaked when all his his sinlessness almost or him being you know free of sin even if there's some you know I don't say cockiness, but even if there is some ambition there with him, uh, it gets spilled. Then it's like, okay, gloves are off, and now like you know, loss of innocence or whatever, and yeah, he just gets bloodthirsty. Yeah, and that's what makes it. It changes the context after you've already seen it, because the whole way through, when he keeps seeing fights, and you see him looking over, and he, you know, you can tell he wants to get involved, but then he looks at the necklace and he's like, ah, oh, you know, I promised that mom of mine that I wouldn't get involved. It has this kind of innocent quality to it, like. Oh, you know, maybe he was just, you know, like a kid who maybe got into some trouble and promised his mommy wouldn't get into trouble again. But once you see what he looks like when he's unleashed, it's like, oh, no, like he was like, oh, man, I wish I could get in there and cause some bloodshed and, you know, taste that brutality again. That makes it a little bit more strange. <laughs> Not knowing his actual backstory, but just the way he plays those scenes when he is just wiping out folks. Yeah, it maybe changes some of the innocent quality of him that you feel early on. Yeah, of course. And one thing early on as well that I like uh, is that they there's a lot of setup to this film. I really like that as well. I mean, that's what any film is. I don't know what am I even talking about? But I like how there's a setup for even the manager doing like tight. We, we see him maybe maybe it's tight sheet, maybe it's not. But he's doing some moves. And I, I, I forget. And I just like just watch this. But if I recall, the manager, not the boss, but the manager. I don't even think he ever got a fight. I don't believe Bruce Lee. I think he gets away scot free in this. Yeah, he's probably going to, you know, wait for the police to clean everything up and then slowly just sneak into the mansion. It's like, okay, yep. I'm going to be living here now. <laughs> He'll be the big boss next. Yeah. Uh, so that, that sneaky son of a gun got away. Darn it. So he's the only one that, you know, got away scot-free. That's a shame. But <laughs> no, with, um, was it? Yeah, so, but I, I like early on how we showcase with the, the big boss himself, um, we demonstrate him and his son's prowess. Uh, yeah, his son's obviously being the jerk of the village and harassing uh, the sister mm. in, in the familiar familiar group, which is you know that, that's also a setup. But yeah, the boss, yeah, he's a he's a sneaky son of a gun as well. You know, his slime ball as the women, you know, performing uh, massages on him all the time and whatnot. <laughs> got a whole operation that has lies and deception, of course. But yeah, there's a, there's still like a charming quality to him. I found I, I always got like. Yeah, even with his lies, I was like, oh, I could see the charm from this guy that he's exuding from. And he's a lot more refined than his son is, even if he is a complete, you know, moron. Yeah, he carries that charm that some of the good villains do in these kind of martial arts movies where you enjoy seeing him. Every now and again, you get one that's like too seedy and too unpleasant where you're like, ooh, like I just don't even want to cut to those scenes to see this guy. Yeah, they never quite go there with this. And I do think it's funny that he always has the, the babes around him. And one of them's always doing their little, like, padding massage where it doesn't actually look like they're even doing anything. <laughs> just, like, touching him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, she's just an extra. But, hey, nothing nothing wrong. Like, the, the, the thought, it's the thought that counts, at least. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to say she's a background character, but it's just there to, like, show how, you know, greasy of a, a guy he is. But he doesn't go to full-on roadhouse territory. Yeah, and I'm um, curious with this director when we move on, because he does stick around for uh, Fist of Fury. I'm curious if he'll utilize Bruce Lee more. 
And I don't know if, if they were just like, oh, he's our big star. Let's save him for, uh, save his first fight for the hour mark. But there's so many fights before that. And it's like, like, wow, like, why hold him back for so long? I get it as a character beat. But, I mean, this guy, we want to see him fighting, you know? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, why is he not get? Uh, always, I, I like that he is literally like you know the big boss at the end. That's that it, I guess it rings true to the actual title of the movie. But I, I guess the other greasy thing about him though is that uh, his son's like, oh, I found this you know this wife for you, and he's like, oh, I need like I need two thousand dollars, and it is it is the sister of the of the familiar group. And it's like, oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, it is definitely disgusting. And that's another bit that I didn't fully know if they got it quite right, because it seemed like they were developing like a subtle romance between our lead and uh, Chow Mei, I think her name was. Yep. But it never really seemed to quite get there. And I, I also couldn't tell if they're related. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know, especially in that scene when he gets drunk and uh, in the image of the, instead of the working woman standing in front of him, he sees... Uh, the sister herself, and I, yeah, it's I mean, maybe it, the prefixes when it comes not prefixes, but when it comes to like the naming or at least the, the symbols potentially in in uh, Mandarin caricature or caricature, sorry, but Mandarin characters maybe like like lettering, excuse me, uh, maybe it does symbolize whether they're related or not. I'm I'm not so sure, but if they are, if they're not doesn't really go too far i mean obviously it is no. bruce lee's fantasies but or it's bruce lee's characters excuse me fantasies but if it is it's like they're cute as a couple but yeah hopefully if they're related it's like I don't, I don't know about that yeah and i i just feel like at like about an hour and 40 minutes thereabouts it feels like this relationship never really develops or really goes anywhere it, well at least not much of anywhere they do use it, and especially during that, yeah, the the party scene you were just mentioning when he's fantasizing that another woman is her. That I thought was a funny moment. It, it was, but in terms of an actual relationship, it's kind of like, oh, we spend, you know, s some screen time on that, and I just don't really feel like it was necessarily needed for how how much they actually develop it. You know, that's that's fair. It was there's there were things that probably were dropped off. Like I said, the manager, the greaseball manager, got away scot free. And we didn't really develop uh, much with the sister and Bruce Lee often. Um, and even there was, well, there was never an apology and there was never a making up between Bruce Lee and the other brothers. That was intentional, where mm -hmm. that was all left on the table intentionally when uh, he goes back to the house and finds them all slaughtered and are killed. Yeah, and I will say this, I wasn't going to, I wasn't sure when I was going to say it, um, but like I mentioned when I discovered that there was these three different uh, scores that they made for the movie. Which, by the way, did you listen? To, did you watch the English version at all? Have you seen it? I think I watched it the first... I think for the very first time I watched these, yes, I, I listened to the English dub. Okay, because I wish that we could have had that music in the uh, the Mandarin version. I like the Mandarin music, but the swinging 70s <laughs> style of music that they have in the English one... It's just so fun. I was I was just loving it. It's like Street Fighter for us all over again. Uh, but when I was looking up to, to see about the details of like what happened with the, this this score, I feel like it's not particularly common to see that three different ones for three different dubs. I did discover that um, this director is collaboration with Bruce Lee, 
Bruce Lee was not necessarily a fan of this guy. He got into several arguments with him. He didn't think of him as professional, and he thought that this whole production for the big boss was not professional. And he referenced that the script was just a couple pages that were like written, scribbled in pen. And he was like, there's barely any characterization, barely much plot. And so he himself kind of looked back at this one as yeah, just a ramshackle production. And I read that after watching it, but after thinking about it in between the time that we've had to get to this discussion, I could definitely see the, the ramshackle kind of nature to it and maybe feel it a little bit more than I thought after just watching it. I, I felt the length, definitely. I think you said that you know, it didn't feel too long. For me, it, it felt like it could have shaved off easily, like 10 minutes. Yeah, of course. And uh, in my... So in, in this collection that I have, this legacy collection, uh, it does give some some backstory and are some you know references to the the filming of this. But of course, it's gonna take the, I guess the the, the narrative of like Lee's side, and it doesn't really, and I guess also be diplomatic with not mentioning it. Like they'll mention like oh there was some problems, but not problems, but you know, uh, I guess filming was uh, ran into some trouble, not trouble, but how do I ever put it? Like it was filming with slow or something like that, but Lee persevered. It doesn't obviously go into any like no holds bar, like telling the actual truth of the situation. Whereas like what you just taught, like, or said, which is just like, nah, yeah, he was, yeah, he, he wanted more from uh, the director. Yeah. And there was a part in this that stood out to me. It felt like it was out of place. And I was glad when he also pointed out on the thing that I read, uh, there's a point later on during one of the big fights when Bruce Lee, he has someone up against a wall and he punches him and he goes right through the wall and they don't focus on it. They, it's like they, it's almost incidental that we see it in the background that the guy went through the wall and he left a cutout like perfectly of what a human would be like in like a cartoon if they like went through uh, the, the screen, you know, with the arms and the legs all spread. And I read that Bruce Lee hated that and he wanted them to cut it out, but the director went out and they left it in. And I was like, oh, thank goodness he didn't like that either. I thought that felt just weird not a place for the tone of this movie <laughs> they would put that in there so yeah this is i guess yeah to bring that stuff up um yeah first off that's still so hilarious to me uh, <laughs> i get why he was probably frustrated with that but let's talk about the fact that this is indeed kind of a it's it's a beginner's movie almost not beginner's movie but it's definitely an experimental film i'll say uh just in the way bruce lee's gonna have his films be set because it's got a bit of uh, wuxia in it, if I'm saying that properly, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, like traditional, traditional, like Hong Kong uh, martial arts film where you have the, the strings, the wires, all this wire foo, or mm, okay. Uh, because we see oftentimes they'll make great leaps. We even see yes. that in the beginning with the <laughs> big boss himself. You know, he flips over all those guys and does like, you know, uh, a no hands cartwheel in the air. Um, <laughs> and it's like, as cool as it looks, it's kind of weird and that like we even see that later on where Bruce Lee just like jumps over one of the fences and does that oftentimes which I realize now that's why there's a lot of jumping in like say uh Street Fighter the game where they always jump over each other it's like oh that's a reference back to uh these martial arts films it's like okay that makes sense so this is actually like a clash between style again I know there was the fight choreographer mm. was not Bruce Lee I don't at least as far as I'm aware I'm going with like you want to see on screen uh maybe Bruce Lee had some stuff in there I mean a lot of his stuff mm -hmm. were kicks and he was bringing his own things, but like there's a lot of like a, like a difference between like a mix between like the current and then what he was going to bring in. 
because uh, there is some of that, like, you know, traditional kung fu styles that we would, you know, see, I guess, in, you know, Avatar and, you know, uh, Return of the, or into the, Enter the 36 Chambers. But, yeah, here it's, you know, there's some points where Bruce Lee's just a brawler. Hmm. Where, like, you know, he has the sun there, and they're fighting, on, it's a really good scene, where he's fighting the sun on the, um, on the ice, uh, ice uh, block ramp, and he just punches yeah. him. Like, like no fancy, like, he does elbows or anything like that, or he's doing, you know, Wing Chun or anything like that. He's just punching him. Instead of just, like, thinking, oh, Bruce Lee's going to do these, like, really cool, like, you know, hand motions or whatnot, like, hand combinations. Oh, he just punches the guy. Yeah, there's a little bit of that with the end fight with the, the big boss, too. It's It almost feels like they didn't recognize the, the technical strength of him quite yet. Uh, and I did see that he, it said that he uh, was trying to choreograph his fights but the other ones he left to uh yeah, whoever they had on this but by you're mentioning the the whole like leaping around and i i definitely noticed that of course the moment of it that i thought was the the most comical i, I couldn't help but laugh and i was like oh this feels like a style clash to everything else in the movie it's a scene when he first goes to the big boss's house and they have these dogs there and <laughs> we get this it's not a fight scene. I don't know what it is. It's I don't know if it was meant for a comedy scene when he's just avoiding the dogs. And we keep getting these flashes of he leaps, uh, someone throws a dog, he leaps, someone throws a dog. And we keep getting these just funny shots of like feet going up, dogs flying, feet going up, dogs flying. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Why, why would they put that in there? It just looks so, so silly. I enjoyed it, but it was it was a, a piece of silliness and a, a more serious movie, I thought. <laughs> And I made sure I made sure to um, check the dogs were fine. So anybody who had a problem with that, it's like the dogs were fine. However, I will at least say that this was different. Where you know, sure the dogs were being malicious to Lee, but I mean, sure he threw them around a bit, but like in defense, not like out of attack or anything like that. He didn't punch the dogs. Jeez, he just like threw yeah. the dogs away. Like he defended himself. So it's like there's a difference here in in, in comparison to John Wick. You know, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if they were actually throwing the, the physical dogs at him or if it was dog props. Because I was like, if they're throwing actually those heavy dogs at Bruce Lee, where's the insurance guy on the set? I mean, that is a, that's a heavy animal to toss at his head. What, an ins- <laughs> what insurance? What are you talking about? This is 71. <laughs> yeah. It, this movie does feel like it has a one of its feet uh, pressed under exploitation. So maybe they were flying even more by the seat of their pants. Maybe they were just throwing those heavy dogs at his head. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, that is the thing. Yeah, there is, there's, yeah, it starts off, I, I yeah, no, actually, in the, from the very beginning, kind of gets exploitative with, like, you know, the guys um, harassing the the girl at the stand, um, and then the kid with the dumplings, or the little brother with the dumplings, it's just like, uh-huh. no, nah, like, this, yeah, be, like, from, like, almost frame one, it just begins with uh, exploitation, and I just love how, yeah, like, you know, Uncle is just like, you know, no, just like, Uncle Iroh from Avatar. Just like, no, you cannot, like, you know, do not engage. And you just see the hesitation. You just see just like, ah, oh, come on, man. I want to, like, you know, knock some sense into these guys, even if, even if it is justified. Yeah, and you got you got to feel bad for the women in this. There's Women don't really get a, a nice uh, treatment throughout this with, with the way all the men uh, treat them. Um, but I, I do appreciate that character beat, and I think throughout Bruce Lee plays it well. You can see that, like, that look on his face of like, oh, you know, I, I really want to get into this fight, but oh, I do love my mom, and I made her that promise. So, 
he kind of just shrugs like okay well i guess i i'm i chose my fate and i'm gonna live with it i think he translates that well yeah it isn't until um was it isn't until uh in the fight uh excuse me when the the fight of the plant excuse me the ice plant or packing plant uh when you know somebody runs into him basically and like tears off his um necklace and then he's like all right that's it like you've unleashed the beast Oh, and you see it too. He like he feels like, oh, I I, I want to strike this guy. He just hit me, but my necklace. And he's like, wait, my necklace isn't here. And that's when the viper, uh, that that Randy Orton look comes in a little bit of like, okay, now it's time to unleash the the beast. And once he starts going, that's when it's like, oh, here's what I've been waiting for an hour for this movie, the Bruce Lee, and he's immediately captivating. But we again, even in that brief little moment, we we don't really it's like they're saving it all for the big climax and it's like ah that i mean i understand the choice but it 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 makes me go ah come on get to it (laughs) yeah just a lot of like i said they reserve they like hold back you especially think like oh he's gonna not but no he they they hold back on just like having him go like all out and yeah once it does happen it's it's memorable it's like oh somebody's making a stand uh, it's it's something completely different than how all these guys are doing it, um, but let's let's t- I don't know if you want to keep going, but let's talk about uh, some of the exploitation stuff as well. Where yeah, this you know it's a call forward. I didn't realize this because it was at the end. I was like, once you know he goes back to the house at the end and finds the little brother and all his other brothers killed, but not because of him. I immediately thought of oh this is like Mad Max. I didn't even realize this where. It wasn't... They, they didn't murder them because of Bruce Lee. They just murdered them because they were loose ends. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly... Uh, I feel like the, the movie is so fun that when we get to that ending and it's super downturn, all the people that we like, they're all dead. And then the final note of, oh, our character who just tried so hard to stay away from his violence for his promise to his mom and just keep his head down. Now he's probably going to end up going to jail for... You know the murder of all these folks it's kind of like oh what this is an unexpected down ending I, I think i liked it more in the second viewing that that ending in particular not the movie overall i, I still really like the movie overall this time around i was kind of like oh like i yeah it's kind of sad that they ended such a fun movie in such a, a dour way i am the exact same way it's actually similar to the killer and i guess uh hard-boiled as well in a way maybe more of the killer where you know uh, not to get into that one, but that ends with tragedy as well, where Shang of Fat's character either goes blind as well, or his ears get shot out or something like that, and he can no longer uh, see his girlfriend, and she's also, you know, she's blind and she mm. can't, you know, find it. So they're like, you know, walking around and trying to, you know, find them, and it just ends, you know, in, a, in tragedy almost, and like, you know, un, like bittersweet almost. I mean, not even bittersweet, but just, you know, ends in a a poor note and the same here i i love that where i'm just like it kind of subverts the expectations of you expect lee to win the day and it's gonna it's gonna be okay like you know he's we'll all have like smiles on the end now nah, this ends you know the the way you think like surprisingly we're just like yeah he's gonna go to jail for all the murder he caused and the bad guys are gonna get away with it and that's man that sucks yeah it's kind of like whoa what a surprise i mean again i i I think they set it up well in a way that it works, but at the same time, it's like, oh, you know, it was just not at all what I was expecting, <laughs> even though I'd already seen it. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I remember a little bit wrong. Maybe it keeps the tone, even though it maybe has a little bit of a dour ending. But I forgot about all the brothers being uh, slaughtered. I was almost expecting, by the way, that he was going to find her at the end and she was going to be killed, too. <laughs> it was going to be too late. Thankfully, she and a few of the women are spared. That's at least nice, except for the uh, working woman. Which, uh, talking about that, was Bruce Lee's character assaulted or not? Uh, I mean, he was certainly probably too drunk to know what was going on. So, I mean, yeah, we would definitely view that in a not fully consensual way. But this was a different era. He, you know, I'm sure is a different type of guy than maybe we understand those things as now. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Again, I'm not, I'm not too sure. I do like this setup as well uh, above her chest where there's like markings. And it's like, I, I'm glad they actually put that there to draw your attention to it and just be like, what's that about? I'm glad it came back. Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's not like, you know, you could say it's like, okay, that's like a little out there and how like, you know, she was uh, a victim of, of the big boss as well. But I'm like, no, I, I like that. I like that um, that was there and shows that how big of an influence the big boss has. Yeah, and, and we saw earlier a girl who he blows this kind of ash right onto her chest, just like that. So we know, oh, this is the next victim, and she gets her own revenge, which I liked. Um, and of course, it was also a good way to get introduce some TNA and, you know, have an excuse for her to once again reveal her breasts later in the movie, too. So, uh, I, well, I... for the for the exploitation aspect. <laughs> well, for if you enjoy exploitation, sure. For me, I just enjoyed the fact that okay the like the the reason for that like markings on her chest had it had a meaning like there was actually a reason for it yeah by the way i'd actually i'd forgotten about the nudity in this and the whole kind of brothel sequence and also in my little brief reading that i did i did see that they actually filmed at a real brothel and most of the women that we see on screen there genuinely did work there and they would just the film crew paid them for a day to oh you know close the shop but everyone come in we'll pay you more than you usually make for meeting with johns and just be extras in our film so it's a little bit like oh that's that's a surprise as well <laughs> yeah no i can sense that there's a lot of extras here but i feel that there's authenticity with that kind of similar to yeah uh, what we saw in monsters where again they didn't hire actors they just you know hired random people to like say hey can you just you know act in the movie regardless of if you can act or not yeah yeah i, th I think everyone does a, a solid job here the, the especially the brothers i feel like there's a lot of charisma with the main ones that we see and in particular uh james tien's uh uh Zhu or or shu i can't remember which one it was <laughs> the name pronunciation yeah and you know i love the, the you know I, I definitely love the bit as well where you know lee gets uh promoted to uh foreman and they all come in back to the compound happy and whatnot the spirits high and they do that little march and the sister and the little brother <laughs> join the dance as well but then but by that point i was like okay wait what about you know what about your other brother yeah and then she's the one to ask like hey well what where is he and the mood they just total mood killer but i i like that i, I definitely like that you know it's like i asked the question and they gave me a response i'm like ah i'm pleasantly surprised that the movie answered my question and treats me like an actual like intelligent being yeah, no, I, I definitely like that too. And I liked um, the way they kind of foreshadowed the brutality to come with his, uh, that brother's death scene. Because we'd had some, some violence up to that point. But, I mean, him being killed in the way that they do, it definitely feels like it has a harder edge. And, yeah, it's like, oh, like, I didn't realize we we're going to, you know, be doing this kind of thing. 
and they definitely lean heavy into that later on. And I, I kind of wish that he would have stayed around a little bit longer. I thought the guy was, was charming, and I I was enjoying watching him uh, do his martial arts, so I kind of wish we could have had a little bit more of it, but... Yeah, like a, a fight between, not between, a fight with him and Bruce Lee's character. That would have been nice to see, kind of, kind of like back to back and just like kick and rear. Yeah, no, that could have been cool. Yeah. Or even a sparring scene. Yeah. You know, because he does notice early on when that guy's in a fight, Bruce Lee, uh, he like accidentally throws two guys towards him and Lee like does a pair of low blows and then punches them in the face. <laughs> and he's like, wow, you're pretty good. If they could have found a way to finagle a little sparring scene in there, that might have been fun to see, too. Yeah, that would have been a lot of fun if that were the case. And yeah, there's, like like I said, there's a lot of meandering where, I say meandering, but like, you know, I, I just want to talk about, like, you know, my worst thing, at least, of just like, you know, the, the, the boss characters keep lying, they keep, the, the guys part of the heroin operation just keep lying about the police and whatnot, and it seems like there's a back and forth, and then, you know, Lee goes yeah. over to play detective, and gets invited to dinner now that he has influence and i but i i I understand though the reason they go for that because it's showing the pleasures of the flesh and or the temptations of the flesh as well and them trying to sway him away from and onto their side excuse me yeah that that dinner scene by the way is awkward and just it's it's funny but it it is a weird dinner scene but i also think um one of the reasons i i feel like the movie feels a little bit overlong for me is because the actual plot of it it doesn't arrive until uh bruce lee comes to work at the ice house and i think that's maybe like 15 or so minutes into the movie something like that yeah because otherwise then it's just introducing him to this world i feel like that if they could have found a way to it makes those two guys disappear earlier and so then bruce lee's coming to the the work that there's already this kind of suspicion and worry about what's going on Maybe it wouldn't feel like some of this was extended a little bit longer than it, it should have been, for at least for me. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I get it. I, I think, they, again, they wanted to at least, in in terms of, I guess, you know, writing economy or whatever you want to call it, script writing, uh, scripting economy, they at least, or direction economy, whatever, uh, they wanted to at least showcase um, our villains, how you know, conniving they are and scumbags they are. Um, by showing their operation and what happens to those who don't accept them into the operation. Yeah, no, that's fair. Oh, and I actually just skipped to see when it when we first see the the the, the coke in the ice, which I feel like is the first kind of the plot kicking to gear, and it's 19 minutes in. Uh, that's maybe a bit too long. <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, uh, when obviously it's you know his Lee's character showing off his his strength. You notice how they had that like piece of wood there to like you know redirect it so it goes through the um, uh, the, uh, the railing. No, I didn't. I'm watching that right now. Let me see it. You'll see. Oh, it. yeah, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Again, nothing on them. I don't. I don't like. It looks. It looked real. I don't care. Like, sure, okay, it's obvious, but like, whatever. I also meant to look in and see if there was an explanation for this. I'm sure. I'm sure there was. But I noticed that it seemed like it was only at the the ice house at his work ice factory that almost any shot that we had there bruce lee had this uh like thing wrapped around his fingers but then he would disappear in the shots when he wasn't there and i was like did he hurt himself when they were doing the section filming at this factory and 
so it pops up throughout the movie when it it's not there in other scenes and i thought that was kind of a funny thing to track yeah that's right i didn't notice the band-aid there at least maybe it was bandaged around his fingers so maybe it was just different days filming yeah yeah whatever block they filmed at that uh the factory it all has that finger thing so (laughs) it's it's funny then we get the scenes in between and it's not there and then we cut back to the factory and there it is again those are charming bits of low budget filmmaking I think certainly and again I like the maybe it is a little bit like you know the the family does turn on him a bit but like I, I don't mind that I, I don't mind that it's a it's a lesson for him as well this this whole movie is a lesson for but the characters still get to act as individuals themselves rather than just to serve as an example for the main character yep uh one thing I did enjoy at least in the again the Cantonese version I or Mandarin version sorry that I was listening to uh, I enjoyed how there was a lack of score in certain places where it may have not had a score at all, say, during, uh, what was it? In the scene of... Oh yeah, for the final fight, there was there was no score sometimes. And I kind of like that. I kind of like how there was, like, usually you would have this, like, create, you know, this, like, really, like, absolutely, like, generic sounding... Um, by the numbers, no effort whatsoever, no creativity uh, involved in the final in a score um, score just to have a score if that makes sense. And uh, just for like the final action scene, this it was all just you know by itself. There was no there's like you know sometimes there was a score after big impacts, but not during it i was no i was i was loving how like you know they just let the actors do their thing so i I respect that no that's that's certainly fair i i appreciate that too and um yeah i think the movie does know when to let the fight scenes breathe and just kind of let them play out and they don't feel uh too over uh orchestrated it feels like there's a natural quality to uh i would say most of the fights i can't speak for what the english dub or the man of the cantonese versions uh scores are like i can't tell if you know they they were just blasting music the whole way through even then <laughs> i'd still probably be like really into the english dub just because you know if it's got that 70s groove it's like i'd just be like in there all day man i'd just be like a part of it wanted to like just relive it or just live it excuse me yeah i didn't play it all the way through i played like maybe 20 minutes of the english one and it seemed like they were yeah playing that score as much as they could they they were enjoying that but I guess if, if there's one moment that I would like to mention that um, I feel like the choreography feels the most awkward. And it's a cool scene um, in the, uh, the I guess, the ice house where they, they the little f- freezer section. Um, when, when Bruce Lee discovers the uh, the bodies and the, the ice blocks. And then a whole bunch of guys show up there and they counter him and they get ready for a fight. And overall, I think it's a cool scene. Uh, but it maybe felt the most... Uh, fakey in terms of some of the like people just lining up waiting for their shot there's even a moment when someone throws a spear and bruce lee ducks like way before he throws it (laughs) i was kind of like oh don't leave that in it breaks the illusion a bit (laughs) like why'd the guy even throw it (laughs) that's the same no i i i I hear yourself but like there's other times where i'm just like and they're waiting and that's just the thing with some of these films where i i just yes mentioned of disbelief where i'm just like yeah of course this is not actually gonna happen where because they all wait i don't care if it's like you know people point out as a trope i'm just like i don't know why i just i i enjoy it and 
that's the risk versus reward where it's like when you you know fill when you bring the camera back to showcase all the action of course you're gonna like leave that exposed yeah and that's when a good editor knows which ones are still work enough to to leave it in or which ones to cut really rapidly so you don't notice as much and i feel like for the most part because we get a lot of fights early on where it's a, a ton of people all going at it at the same time and i feel like all those ones have a good natural feel it was just in particular that icebox one there was a bunch of guys all after one guy or maybe they could have used some sharper editing to mask some of that in particular that one spear shot that one stood out for me a lot but but no you're right that that's absolutely something you just have to expect in these kind of movies it was just this one was doing such a good job hiding it uh, up to that point that it made it stand out worse that uh, this particular sequence was so kind of artificial in that way and plus right after that is when we get the guy who goes through the wall and then he he's a cartoon cut out so that didn't help either <laughs> yeah best kill uh which one did you either enjoy the most or thought was the most satisfying or creative um the most satisfying or creative I think the one that had the most impact was the uh, brother Shu, uh, or Zhu. I think the, the, the bloody image of him and the kind of, like you could tell the whole fight, it was like, oh no, him and his uh, companion there, like they, there's no way they're escaping. They're basically just fighting just to hold on to a few more seconds of life. And so when they finally do kill him in kind of a blunt, unexpected way, and he's just laying there bloody, that one definitely sat with me and when i came back to view it today uh, four years later that image i could still picture in my head so i think that one probably gets the uh the cake for it um um, how about you well said uh let's see i thought when uh lee's character killed the son i thought he was gonna use that uh table saw to cut him in half like he had done with or they well it wasn't him but obviously the um, Ice House goons uh, cut up his his other brothers, so I was hoping it would be like that. Uh, I agree with you with how that death was, you know, either satisfied or creatively done with uh, Brother Zhu, but I like the Big Boss one a lot. I think just <laughs> yeah, where again all the the rage and not just because it's the final boss, but because this is like what all the trauma that he's sustained throughout and all the mistakes that he's made, he just lets it on. On the big boss, get yeah, like in in a, in a like fist to, in a, in his fists of fury, basically, <laughs> for all the misunderstandings that his brothers had with him, and are again like I said, mistakes that he had made. Yeah, it's just I'll put put him on him, and it's just it's a kill of passion. Yeah, I do love right before that fight when the 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 group of little underlings come to uh, challenge him. It was like after a night of of killing. He needed to uh, restore some energy. It's like, okay, if I'm going to go kill this guy, I need to stop off and get a snack. And so you just see him with a bag of food, and he's just eating as he's uh, getting ready for the fight, just to get that last little grasp of energy. I thought that was a a fun touch as well. So I'd forgotten that... I actually... I I was mistaken where I thought he uh, brought that food with him that had, like, meat in it, and it was going to be a setup for the dogs. Mm, mm. where he would have uh what is it where he would have uh got you know had had bait for the dogs to distract them but that wasn't the case i was like i I thought that the first time or at least that's what i remembered from my first watch but second watch no i was incorrect that would have been that would have been clever yeah if they would have but maybe the dogs were so awkward the first time they tried to film it they were just like oh let's scrap those dogs we we can't do a real fight scene with them 
Because what's Bruce Lee going to do? Is he going to really start trying to throw some kicks at that do those dogs? Oof. And boy, the uh, while the you know the, the big boss himself, you know, there's some charm to him. Boy, his son was a even like had all the negative traits of the being a scumbag. He did. I was I was waiting. I was like, okay, let's see this fucking guy uh, get chopped up. Yeah, good good on the actor, of course, for playing arrogance. Uh, I definitely liked him for that. But yeah, just hitting on the sister and hitting on the fruit stand Ugh. lady. No, no, oh, it wasn't. I'm sorry, that was somebody else. But yeah, hitting on yeah. the sister throughout and using him as an you know, just saying, oh yeah, you're the you know, this is your going to be your wife. Any two thousand dollars? Like, yeah, what a what a complete scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't wait to see him get get his comeuppance. Uh, there was a, a couple of little little guys that I feel like didn't deserve the comeuppance that they get. And those are those birds. I was like, oh man, I get it's the 70s. And, you know, sometimes you just have to expect a little bit of animal brutality in some of these films. Uh, but them throwing that cage on the ground with the birds in it, I was kind of like, oh, I didn't necessarily want to see that, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I also know what it symbolized. Because, obviously, we saw the big boss... You know, he has he has the birds in the cage, so it obviously is pretty obvious, like pretty obvious yeah. metaphor for like you know he has people held captive or, or something like that, or he has control over these lesser beings or at least people beneath him. And so what Lee did was he threw either a rock, I forget what it was, a knife or whatever it was, yeah, knife, yeah, to break it open. And again, even though I thought the same thing of like, oh geez, those birds, but they seem to be okay. I mean. Mentally, of course, there's that, but they didn't seem to get hurt, or, well, we don't know that, but at least yeah. the shot, I saw them fly out, so I, I don't know what happens after that continuity-wise or in real life, but what it, of course, meant was leave, you know, is here to free, uh, free those that are under the bo big boss's control, and again, very simple, very basic, but I at least appreciate it. Yeah, no, I I, I, I definitely get what they're going for, and it, it I, I did like when he threw it up on the, the branch, I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. That is, yeah. I almost <laughs> wondered if it was like a reverse shot. It wouldn't have been, but what, however they did it, that was like maybe it was just you know by wire. But even so, that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, but where else to go? Well, hmm, I'm trying to think what else I got. I don't know if there's much else, honestly. Like, um, I like the design of the house, like the the house that he lives in, the big boss lives in. Uh, really cool iconography, or at least good architecture. I love, you know, I guess the differences between his house how big it is and there's like you know so few people living in it and then uh contrasted with you know lee and his brother's houses or lee and his brothers excuse me in the house where they're all cramped cramped like sardines until they start you know <laughs> getting killed one by one so it becomes less crowded that is one of the things i always enjoy about watching older uh, asian films because i feel like there's a lot of more uh, kind of westernization in terms of how they uh, their houses look in a lot of modern stuff, but just seeing the image of them all um, laid out on the ground with their little mosquito net kind of boxes, I was like, oh, that, that's that's an interesting thing to see. I, I don't think I've ever seen that before outside of this movie. So I always appreciate getting those little sprinkles of cultural stuff that we just don't really have equivalents for in, in the same way here. Yeah, window into the past uh, of a different cult. Not again to just appreciate. Um, I, I I love how you know everything looks. I would love to live uh, something like that. Uh, I think it would be really cool. Yeah, just, just discovering stuff new. I always that's one of the things that always attracts me to foreign films is learning more about the world. And so so I always appreciate those little subtle things that you know the audience at that time wouldn't think anything of it. But for me, it's something it's something new to discover. 
Yeah, I guess you could also contrast the big boss with the uncle, like the you know the, from the beginning. At you know what he he means, like how he, he almost sounds like he's trying to appear as that with with Lee and his other you know his brothers, but he's really just speaking gibberish and rhetoric, and it's all nonsensical in, in the end. <laughs> I guess I could see some some loose comparisons there. Yep. I may be, I'm probably making very loose comparisons. I'm just like, okay, fair enough. It's just a person of authority between, like, you know, this is Lee's high, high boss, basically, versus his uncle, who is also boss. It's like, okay, let's just, like, compare and contrast the two. And, I mean, of course, there's the whole, like, he's wearing black and Lee's wearing, you know, white. So, okay, there's that. Yeah, there was one other point that I wanted to mention, just because I saw it again. I, I saw when I watched this earlier and it stood out a little bit. Maybe this is slightly mean to point out because i'm sure it was just what they had to deal with but um early on i think it's right after the fight when uh bruce lee uh, low blows those two guys we cut immediately to this like this awkward insert of a sunshot or a, a sunrise and it, like the the sound goes off track it was like it felt like like they had like stock footage that they just threw in and it 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 just like disrupted whatever the reel they were using was or something and so it looks really awkward the sound goes awkward we cut back to the uh, chow mei and everything's normal again. And then we cut back to the sunrise again. It's kind of like, oh, like that that felt really jumpy. It, it's stupid for me to point it out, but I just it, it just since I saw it again and it stood out for me again, <laughs> I just figured I'd mention it. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I also I found that weird. Didn't hate it. It just was like, oh, okay, interesting use of direction, but okay. Yeah, just one of those moments. We're just kind of, you're just sitting there watching and then suddenly you're like jarred out for just a brief moment. It's like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> but, but stupid point, I, I, yeah, that's, I mean, this is low budget stuff. I mean, I'm sure they were just working with whatever they had. Yeah, no, of course. And for a low budget project, for something that's kickstarting Bruce Lee's career, I, I enjoy the, the blemishes. I, I think there's some, some audiences out there who, and I see them all the time in this one 4K collector's uh, Facebook group that I'm in. Who they hate those kind of blemishes, those kind of things, just sour movies for them. I when it when it comes to low budget cinema, I enjoy seeing the the rough edges and thinking about people just having that creative spirit, trying to get something made, trying to connect with an audience, and you know not always getting there. Uh, so sometimes that's just I just think a fun thing to go back as kind of a the film archivist in a way. <laughs> Yeah, I can't comment on that, but you know, the, the, those opinions do exist. I I understand that you know you want only the highest quality of picture, but not always not that, that can always be achieved. So yeah, we can only make the transfers uh, so great as if with the masters that we have or whatever we have. So there always will be limitations, and we always must just accept what we are, we're, we're dealt with, the hand that we're dealt with. Yeah, by the way, I guess just asking, since you did have an HD copy, how did this thing come across? Did they do a, a good job uh, remastering it? Were, were they able to? Because there were some stuff in this that I was thinking would maybe come across difficult to, to restore. But maybe that's just how bad my copy is. <laughs> yeah, I think it looked pretty good for a transfer. Maybe I'm not exactly the person to state, uh, like I'm the or arbiter, or at least the judge of, you know, what's good quality and what's not because i don't muck around with, with settings or anything like that so i can't really be the one to say but at least you know obviously the thing you were mentioning the the issue you were having with the sunrise where it was like stock footage you know it, it did definitely look like it was still a bit fuzzy 
Um, and again, this is, yeah, remember this, uh, I don't know if the uh, Criterion cleaned it up even further and made it mm-hmm. you know as close to 4K as they could have. But no, this looked, yeah, I think it's pretty decent on the 4K TV that I had. Nice. Have, sorry. Yeah, and I definitely, I definitely plan to pick up uh, uh, proper copies of these, these these one day. I wish I would have done it before this this series, but we kind of uh, got pushed up the schedule a little bit sooner than I was able to. Yeah. You can take the, I'll take the blame on on that one. Yeah, I I wouldn't uh, put the blame on you, but it's just uh, how things worked out. It is what it is, of course. But um, yeah, I guess I guess we I guess we're rounding around to the end of the big boss. Unless you have any other little. Uh, notes before we get to final thoughts no i yeah i think i'm pretty much done i and i just like how reserved and you know how even though there may be some bit hot-headedness there's at least some character at least you know lee's character actually has a bit of personality and has regrets he's oh yeah he, even if even if he does taste a bit of success or whatnot I guess success obviously um there's people to ground him and i i definitely enjoyed that and you know, even if it was a bit longer than I was expecting, I did at least like this, like the the pace of it. I like, you know, how like it wasn't all action all the time, or at least it wasn't all fight scenes all the time. So, uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, a lot of I think action movies kind of forget to to do, and I don't know, I just like the low budgetness of this. Yeah, no, it 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 definitely maintains its charm all these years later, and I I think you can see right away that this this Bruce Lee guy, this isn't just another like generic person in an action movie that you know is like you you'd see him once you never see him again uh he's definitely got that star power right away and even in this somewhat ramshackle uh, low budget production the 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 charm of the filmmaker too the the guy lao wei i think he does a good job of, of capturing the uh the action uh lots of fun zooms and i think even though there's a couple moments where i feel like the pace is a little bit wonky overall they keep this train rolling uh, pretty smoothly towards the the end, and I'm yeah, I definitely come away happy again, just like I was the first time, and uh, very excited to check out what they do next time. Yeah, I'm not gonna uh, like like we usually do. We're not gonna rate these, or at least I'm not gonna rate this. I'm not gonna say, oh, I'm gonna put this in a cat, I, and I, I don't care. I legitimately do not well, care. I would I would not say that we usually rate things. <laughs> the only time we rate things is when Eric's on. Sorry, yeah, usually I don't subscribe to rating anything at all except for i guess when we did the fast and furious movies i guess we did that but i lumped them into different like categories of just like the good the bad the ugly yeah we just ranked them by preference yeah th- that's more reasonable an arbitrary number is the part that because i feel like you could just you know you could ch- choose a number the one day and then the next day choose a different number i totally yeah, yeah totally. i just yeah <laughs> but i definitely would recommend this and uh flip my sign feeling it strong feeling it actually yeah, no, definitely, definitely feeling it here, and um, yeah, like I said, just excited to see what they do next. I know that this isn't going to ultimately be my favorite of the group, but I definitely think it's a solid way to start, and yeah, very happy to be on this road covering some more martial arts stuff. Well, thank you, Caleb, for joining me in this experiment, I don't know, the beginning of this year-long journey, as I'm going to call it, and yeah, hopefully you ladies and gentlemen, those between unaffiliated listening, also got something out of this uh, hopefully intellectually stimulating conversation yeah hopefully and yeah uh, join us won't you as we begin our trip through the year of the dragon so till next time next time you uh, get some ice for your drink 
uh, to cool yourselves off with. Maybe mm. check to make sure that there's no heroin in, the, in there. Because, you know, there was uh, needles or, or razors or whatever and uh, candies in the 80s. So it's like, you never know what may come about with your ice. So, until next time. Peace. was an urban legend <laughs> was it now except for in halloween 2 right oh i don't remember oh i i think you're right i don't remember i haven't seen that one in a while yeah that's right it was oh. on amc like during halloween uh and my cousins were what or cousin and sibling sorry watched it no oh, cool